You are listening to the Passion City Church DC podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, DC, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. If you have scripture today, we're going to be looking at one of the most well-known passages in all of the Bible in Matthew chapter 6, a place called the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking and teaching us how to live in the kingdom of God. And today we're going to be talking about prayer. And I know that sounds like a, you know, Christianity 101. Really, seriously, we're going to talk about prayer today. But did you know that most people who attend church regularly don't pray? Most people who attend church regularly do not read God's word regularly. But we, we, we show up in the rhythm of, of gathering together, but God wants our relationship with him to be far more than that. And he wants to invite you into communion with him. And Jesus said it very simply. He said, when do you pray? He didn't say if you pray or it's a good idea to pray or you should pray or I'm, I'm imploring you to pray. Jesus just said it simply like this in Matthew 6, 9. This then is how you should pray. So I'm assuming you're going to pray, but let me break it down for you. And then he gives us a model. He doesn't want us, by the way, to pray this prayer over and over, which is what we do. He's not saying, hey, just pray this prayer. He's saying, here's an example for you when you pray. And he gives us some basic principles about talking to God. And I'm going to share this talk today as if you're not regularly communicating with God. If you are, if you've got like a closet, you go in there and shut the door, you're hanging out with God Almighty, then fantastic. If your life is just a relationship, communication with God, great. But I want to encourage someone today who isn't praying to step into a new dynamic with God. And there are going to be seven things in this message today. Number one, when you pray, Jesus said, make it personal. In other words, when you pray, realize there's someone on the other side of the conversation. Just as an opener today, maybe not the definition of prayer, but one we've been using in the last season is this. Prayer is steady state awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit creating a constant and seamless union of heart and mind with the Almighty that shifts earthly perspectives, plans, and purposes as heaven becomes visible on earth. Prayer is steady state awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit. That's what Jesus said. And when you pray, this is how you should pray. And the first two words are, our Father. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, do you understand that prayer is personal? There's someone on the other side. It is not transactional. It's not an ATM. It's not I'm putting a card in. I'm punching a code in. There's going to be something dispensed at the end of the transaction, and then I'm going to walk away. No, it's not transactional. It's personal. There's a God on the other side, a person on the other side of the dialogue. And here's the thing God wants us to know. The goal of prayer is that we get God. Not that we get something from God. The goal of prayer is communion with God. We were singing earlier, and the word struck me, and when you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are formed. 
When God spoke the word creation, a hundred billion, think about it, galaxies, not a hundred billion stars, a hundred billion planets, a hundred billion galaxies were born. That's who's on the other side of the conversation. A person who has the power to speak a universe into existence is on the other side of the conversation. And you know what his goal for prayer is? It is that you get him, not that you get something from him. See, we've grown up in this transactional mentality. I need something, therefore I pray. I need God to do something, therefore I pray. I need to get something from God, therefore I pray. Instead of realizing that God knows us, loves us, and is giving things to us that we don't even know about right now. You'd realize when we woke up today, God was already providing for us, and we hadn't asked him for a single thing. Prayer is about a person. The second thing God wants you to know is that as we come to God in prayer, our posture is praise. The first thing we want to do when we come to God is worship him. That's what Jesus said. It starts with a person, our Father in heaven. And then he says, and by the way, we want to remember, hallowed be your name. Praised be your name. Set apart be your name. Unlike any other is your name. So in prayer, we're not even asking for anything yet. We're not really requesting anything yet. We're just realizing there is a hallowed Father on the other side of this conversation. And so we're gonna start with praise. And you know what happens when we do that? It reframes everything. God, I just wanna praise you today. There's no one like you. I just wanna worship you today. You, you are set apart. I wanna, I wanna honor you today because you are holy and beautiful and perfect and powerful. And all of a sudden now, a reframing is happening of whatever the circumstance we're in. We want to rush in and say, God, here's the deal. I need your help. I need you to move. I need you to touch. I need you to change. I need a miracle, God. Here's the situation. And God's like, I already know the situation. Do you know the situation? The situation is that I'm bigger than the situation. The situation is that I'm sitting on a throne. The situation is I've got all rule, power, and authority right now in my hands, and I am surrounded by constant praise. That's the situation. And all of a sudden, we're like, wow, okay, I do have a need, but wow, I also have a God. There there is an urgent situation, but there is an eternal throne. And I now have access to the God of that throne. The third thing God wants to invite us into is to align with his plans. Prayer is about alignment with God. This is so powerful. I want you just to soak all of this up with me today. Look what he said. This is where we are. Hallowed be your name. Your, do you know this part? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this has gotten synthesized as some total theology for some people on earth as it is in heaven. But I just want to remind us today, don't want to be a downer, but earth is not going to turn into heaven. That's why heaven is heaven. We are journeying on a broken planet, and it is not going to be heaven. 
There are still gonna be tears. There's still gonna be sorrow. There's still gonna be death. There's still gonna be pain on this broken planet. But we're going to a place where there is no more sorrow. There is no more mourning. There are no more tears. And there is no more death. It's called heaven, people. And that's where we are headed in Christ. And so, yes, we want to see earth look more like heaven, but it's not going to become heaven on earth. The main emphasis of what Jesus is saying is, God, I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to align with whatever you want to do. I want to join up with whatever you're thinking. I want to get on board with your plans. I want to get on your page. Can you imagine how my life, your life would look different if in communion with God, our leading thought was, I just want to be on your page. I just want to be available to you. What an amazing prayer to start today. God, I just want to be with you. I want to be on your page. I want to be available to you. Whatever you're doing, please use me. Prayer, especially in the West, has become the opposite of that. God, I need to figure out how to get you on my page. I need you to get into my plans, and I need you to be available to me. Versus saying, God, you're, you're sitting on a throne. I want to be available to you. I was doing a word study on this word, prayer, the one Jesus used in the original language. And I got down to the word study helps, and it might come up on the screen. But this Greek word is made up of two words. Uh, preface, pros, which means towards or to exchange. And exomai, which is to wish or to pray. Properly, this was amazing to me. It is to exchange wishes so that pray literally is to interact with the Lord by switching human wishes or ideas for his wishes as he imparts faith or divine persuasion. This is what Jesus said to God in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed using this exact same Greek word. He said, not my will but your will be done. In other words, I'm exchanging what I want for what you want. I'm exchanging my plan for your plan. I'm aligning with you. Therefore, the strength of prayer is to align with what God is already doing. I don't know if there are any people who've been around church long enough to remember a guy named Henry Blackaby. Thank you so much, Donna. <laughs> your pastors are on board. That's good news. He wrote a book called Experiencing God, became a Bible study that lots of churches around the world tapped into. And Henry Blackaby was best known for this concept or idea. He said, find out where God is at work and join him. That's why we're linked into the 12 verse challenge. That's why passion is linked in to translating God's word to people all over planet Earth. We've been close to the work. We know the people who are leading the coalition, and we have seen firsthand the wind of God in the sale of Bible translation. We were at a weekend where, I don't know, something like 80 or $100 million was given in a weekend. I mean, like that. And you're like, okay, God is here. 
You can sense and know that the Spirit of God is here. God is saying, I am going to get this book into every heart language on the planet, even the last pits of it, Revelation also. (laughs) Thank you so much. Donna is getting all the extra points today. That's amazing. Thank you. James through Revelation. I just got my Bible rebound, by the way. I was going to have to get rid of it uh, because it had fallen apart because I'm so spiritual. And... um, (laughs) Or maybe because I hold it and preach out of it every day of my life, practically. But uh, we got it rebound by this amazing guy, and he is the best in America, except for this part. And uh, (laughs) we're going to tape that back in between the gatherings today. It'll be amazing. Link up with God. Where is God moving? Okay, I want to get there. So prayer isn't going, God, here's where I need you moving. Prayer is, God, where are you moving? How are you working? What are you thinking about today? I want to be on your page. Jesus knew this. John 5, 19. Truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does as well. What if we started our day like that? I'm going to only do the things today that I see God doing. I'm going to move the way I see God moving today. Jesus said in John 8, I speak what I have seen with my Father. So I do what I see him doing. I say what I see him saying. This is how I move. Tozer said it this way, amazing, brilliant pastor, theologian. God's loving motive is to bring us into total harmony with himself. So moral power and holy usefulness become Ours. Not my will, but your will be done. You know, growing up, there was always tension in prayer. Some of the tension in prayer was that if God already knows everything, why do I need to ask for anything? Did anybody feel that tension? If you already know everything, then why do I ask for anything? You already know everything. Well, because he said ask, and so that's the reason why we ask. But the other tension that exists inside of that is, well, if if faith can move a mountain, then why am I going to say whatever you want, God? Not my will, but your will be done. So just whatever your will is, why don't I have bold faith and say, God, I want the mountain to move? Well, because he said, tiny faith can move a mountain. But he also said, Jesus did, not my will, but your will be done. And when I was growing up, I always thought that was a cop-out. Like if I didn't really want to you know, like, step up to the faith, I'd be like, okay, Lord, well, we're asking for a miracle, but, you know, whatever your will. Well, are you asking for a miracle, or are you asking for whatever I will? And there's tension in that. And I thought, well, asking for your will to be done, it feels like a cop-out, but I'm learning in time that it's actually not a cop-out, it's an opt-in. It's me being able to join in to the mystery of God and say, I do believe for a miracle. I do believe We sang it earlier today. I believe for it. You can do it. But I also know that you are great and greater. Therefore, whatever you're trying to do or going to do right now, I say yes and amen to that. I want to opt in to the will of God. I want to align with the will of God. Your your will be done on earth, in here and through here as it is in heaven. Your will, God, whatever it is, be done right here through me. The fourth thing he wants us to see in this 
model prayer is that we can tell him what we need. Yes, he already knows, but apparently Jesus is giving us the permission to tell God what we need. Give us today our daily bread. And so I love this. It can be minute what we ask for or a massive miracle what we ask for. We can let our requests be made known to God. The God who when he speaks, a hundred billion galaxies are formed. We have direct access to him with whatever it is we need. And it can be as minute as daily bread or a massive miracle as something that cannot be done through human means. But we need a supernatural act of God. Give us today our daily bread. You see what Jesus is inviting you into? He's inviting us into a closely tethered communion. Not God, I need to sign up for a six month supply of manna. No, it's God, I, I know you'll give me what I need today. And tomorrow will let tomorrow take care of itself. See, the, the, the world's trying to get us into tomorrow. And God's trying to keep us in today. Oh, tomorrow's gonna have its own deal. Don't worry about that. You'll have a whole list of things to talk to me about tomorrow. And you're gonna get grace for tomorrow, but you're not gonna get tomorrow's grace today. So, Louis, if you worry about tomorrow, you're gonna have to worry on your own because the grace for tomorrow is tomorrow. Hello? So if you onboard next week, next month, next year, into today, you don't have grace for that. Mercy is new every single day, and you're not getting tomorrow's mercy today, so you're on your own. That's why it's heavy today if you're carrying tomorrow. But if you just carry today, God's gonna give you grace for today for everything you need today, and he wants to keep us in that close communion with him. Let him know what you need, whatever it is, but remember that he already knows what you need, so there doesn't need to be a lot of explaining have you ever been around that person? And, you know, whenever we teach on prayer, it gets weird because then you're praying with people and people are like, I don't know, people judging me right now. Um, we, we, we want no judgment prayer, right? But have you ever been around the explainer prayer? In your small group or community group or maybe it's you? <laughs> Lord, dear God, thank you for today. Got to start with that. Get that, get that out there. Um, Thank you, thank you for today. Lord, we really have a huge need on our hands. You know, the election is on Tuesday, God, and it's an important time for our nation. We have, you know, people divided, the nation's divided. You feel the room just changed a little bit. <laughs> and so, so Lord, we, we, we're, we, we, you know, want to make sure that you understand that Aunt Sally is having surgery on, on Wednesday, 1230, <laughs> at Mercy General for her gallbladder, which is infected again. It's like, I, I know. What, what, what do you want to ask me? Well, we want it to go great. Okay, good. Thank you. Because it's not going to be at 1230 because the doctor, he's going to get tied up on the golf course and he's going to get there late and his surgery is actually going to be at 148. Doctor, oh, you don't know, <laughs> Dr. Robinson. 
The wife passed away last month. Pray for him. This will be his uh, 148th gallbladder surgery since he came back from vacation. He was in Greece, Crete. Stayed in a lovely place, room 409. <laughs> when he speaks, a hundred billion galaxies are formed. So we don't really need to give him all the details. Just tell him, what do you want? Dear God, we need a miracle. We do not want her to die. God, I need wisdom because I'm not sure what to do. I have these two options, God. I'm either going to go to Boston or there's an option in Berkeley. He's like, no kidding. He says, just say to him, God, give us today our daily bread. Just tell him as a child what you need and trust him when you take that step that he's already providing for you. Number five, three more really quickly. Number five, clear the air. Look what he says. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In other words, there's a There's a moment in prayer where we come to realize that there is another person on the other end of the dialogue, and he's holy God. So I can't just roll in here and not admit that there are things in my life that are not holy. I need to clear the air. And this is kingdom praying Jesus is teaching us. This is before the cross. These people did not know about the revelation that Paul has allowed us to see, that we now are permanently forgiven because of the work of Jesus. These people didn't know that yet. And so there was a transactional thing in this prayer. Hey, when you come to God, you forgive and God forgives. They all commingle together in the kingdom economy of God. But we're in a whole nother world right now. So we remix that prayer a little bit based on Ephesians 4. And be kind to one another, forgiving one another just as God has forgiven you in Christ. So when I come to God, I don't say, dear God, please forgive me. I acknowledge that God has already forgiven me in Christ. Amen. I come to him and say, God, I messed up again. I want to admit it. I want to confess it. I want to get it out there. But thank you, God, that shame does not have a place here. Thank you that I do not have to beg you for forgiveness or work out some kind of deal. Thank you that I'm already forgiven in Christ. And I want to extend that same forgiveness to people in my world who have wronged me. So while I am with you, I want to make sure that the air is clear. Why? So that I can have a relationship with you? No, I have that. So that I have clear fellowship with you. Because I've admitted that I'm a fool. I've admitted that I made a dumb decision. But I've also accepted the riches of your grace that are mine in Christ. Six, love to be led. In prayer, remember that, yes, we come in the closet, as he said in this text. When you pray, don't stand on the corner so that people can see how spiritual you are. Pray some long prayer so that people can think that you're, you know, really, really tight with God. Now, just when you pray, remember there's a person who's holy on the other side and praise him. And once you get in that mindset, align with God, 
Let him know what you need. Let your request be made known to him. Clear the air. And then when you leave that moment of prayer, leave it with the mentality that I'm still gonna be praying the rest of the day because I want you to lead me, God. This is what Jesus said. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, in prayer, I'm saying to God, I don't wanna just get something from you. I wanna be led by you. So I'm walking out the door now. Prayer is over. Amen. Let's go, Lou. Let's go. Let's go live life. Let's go do life together. Let's go together through the day. People say, well, you know, what does a quiet time look like? Well, it looks like a few moments where you're really just dialing everything else down and you're focusing on God. But don't let life just be, I had a quiet time. Life is communion with God. And if communion with God is prayer, then life is prayer. That's what 1 Thessalonians says. I love it. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Pray continually in love to be led. And then the last part of it is, I just would encourage us as we are praying to be grateful. I've read so many articles this year about the amount of anxiety and depression that people are experiencing all across the world, especially coming out of the last two years. And I know personally, I feel it. I feel the, the weight and I feel the, the, the mental stress of the last two years. And it's put so much pressure on people. And all of a sudden, these articles are popping up everywhere about what do we do with this anxiety. And one of the most common threads I've seen this year from the psychology community, not from the Christian community, is the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude to erase what anxiety is doing to our minds and our bodies. Remembering what we have to be thankful for. And that's what the scripture is saying, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. So everybody wants to know what God's will is for their life. And he's saying, well, okay, here, here be a starting point. Uh, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in every circumstance. That's my will for your life. I know, but which job am I supposed to take? I don't know, which one do you want to take? Which one do you like? What are you feeling? I don't know, I really kind of feel on that one, but surely I can't do that because that sounds too easy. And surely you don't want me to do what I really like. You want me to take the one I hate? A million miles away from everybody I know, pays less, don't really like the people that much. No, don't do that. Which one do you want to do? I'm really, I'm really feeling this. Really? Giving a lot of thought. Okay, go do that. Just make sure when you get there to your new place that you rejoice always, that you're grateful. And make sure when you get there that you're in a steady state awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit. And make sure when you get there that you're giving thanks for things there. And you don't get there and then a month later go, man, I really don't know. Whoa, whoa, hello. Where, where were we a month ago? We were excited. God had provided. 
And now all of a sudden something didn't go good, a meeting didn't go right, and now I'm grumbling. No, rejoice always, pray continually, and in whatever's happening there, give thanks. Why? Because this will set you apart in the landscape of the organization that you are a part of because you work at a complaining company with complainers. Amen? And if you are grateful, realistic, yes, but grateful. Yes, acknowledging that there are things that need to be better, but grateful, an attitude of the heart, you will set yourself apart. You say, well, why do I want to do that? Because a few verses down, same text, it says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. This is a ministry and life verse for Shelly and me. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. In other words, God's not calling you and then saying, good luck. Good luck with that calling. He's calling you and saying, watch me go. Do the thing that I just called you to do. Watch me come through and do the thing that I called you to do because I'm faithful to call you and I'm faithful to do it. So you can just go ahead and be grateful. You can just go ahead and be grateful. You can just go ahead right now and get out in front of the curve and say, you know what? He hadn't done it yet, but I'm going to go ahead and be grateful. I haven't seen it all done yet, but I'm going to go ahead and be grateful. I haven't seen how it all played out, but he who called me is faithful and he's going to do it. Therefore, I'm going to get ahead of the whole program and just start being grateful right now. You're like, well, what would I be grateful for? Well, I don't know. Uh, Maybe you would just start by saying, thank you that you hear me. Hello? Yahweh is on the other end of the conversation. You can't even call most of you the CEO of the company you work for. Can't call the president. I mean, somebody in here probably can because it's Passion City, D.C. (laughs) You can't call one of the justices. I mean, somebody can. You work for them, so you call them. But most of you can't. Can't call the owner of the commanders. Is that what they're called? You're like, don't want to. Yeah, okay. yeah, I want to call him. Oh, wow, we finally got something, okay? We hit on something. <laughs> but you can call Yahweh. And when you do, you don't even have to say your name. It's Louie. I know. I heard the sound of your voice, and I know who you are. Thank you, God, for hearing me. Nobody's listening to me right now. No one pays attention to me. My friends screen my calls. Thank you, God, that you hear me. I don't know what I'd be grateful for. Thank you that you know me. Thank you that I know you. Thank you for breath. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being almighty. Thank you for being supernatural. Thank you for being the same and never changing. Thank you for being good. Thank you for grace. Thank you for seeking me. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me. 
Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for freeing me. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for your plans for me. Thank you for fighting for me. Thank you for correcting me, amen? Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your strength. Thank you that you care. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for providing what I need. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for including me. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for using me. Thank you for covering me. Thank you for going before me. Thank you for coming behind me. Thank you for making me bold. Thank you for holding me tight. Thank you for calling me your own. Thank you for always being true. Thank you for giving me a role to play. Thank you for being so patient with me. Thank you for moving in that situation in our family that we've been asking you for and trusting you for your grace. Thank you that we saw a tiny step. Thank you. Thank you, God, that when I said I need wisdom and somehow I was in the middle of that conversation and you just gave me the word that I needed to speak, thank you for that. God, thank you that the news wasn't as bad as we were expecting. Thank you, God. God, thank you that your grace is enough because the news was worse than we hoped. Thank you, God, that your grace is enough. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want to thank God. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church DC podcast.